Well, hi everybody, I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio on June 27th, 2023. Thank you for being with us, or whatever day you're listening. We know a lot of people listen on the archives, the nature of podcasting, and uh, when you're listening, we appreciate it, okay? We archive everything over at ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium. For equity in education, I want to remind everybody that uh, we're making a little change here, but our Excellence in Equity Awards program is going on right now. And if you go to ace-ed.org, you'll see a link there. All right. And we're opening this part more to educators than we are to uh, the industry. Actually, no, I take that back. It's the other way around. We want you to know we're going to keep the uh, educator side open. Okay, until 2024 in April for all your nominations. All right, but the industry side is going to be available for nominations now through September. So please, I got that a little bit wrong at the beginning. We just changed it. So please check it all out. We'd love you to nominate yourself, the companies you work with, your colleagues, your schools, the paraprofessionals, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, who all play a role in equity in education pre-K-12. And that's what we're all about here at the consortium, also at eastashad.org. You will see um, our magazine, Equity and Access, and we're very proud of that. And you'll click on the cover. Everything we do is free over there. So please enjoy it and click on the cover and have a great read of a terrific issue of a terrific magazine, the only one covering equity and access for all kids, all right, in the whole field of education. All right, today we've got Micah Miner back with us today, an equity award winner himself. Uh, Micah is the, uh, let me get this right, Micah is the D- District Instructional Technology D- Coordinator and also the Social Studies Coordinator at Maywood in Melrose Park, no, Maywood, Melrose Park, Broadview, which is Chicago area school district number 89, which is the wonderful way that they mix you up with naming school districts there. Okay, my, Micah was just on a little while ago. We're continuing the conversation with his incredible mind, and here he is, the one and only, from Chicago, Illinois. Okay. <laughs> Micah, <laughs> Micah how was that? I need a fanfare, you know, Mike. I need a fanfare. You, you, you definitely ah, did. You yeah, you know, <laughs> did, Larry, that is for sure. Um, yeah, we funny. have this wonderful, yeah, and we have this wonderful thing in the, you know districts in Illinois where we have I have three villages in one district and nine schools. Yeah. So you know, yeah, good I job do. on the intro for such a complicated language. <laughs> <laughs> in Illinois, also District eighty nine. Uh, this is a junior high district. This is an elementary district. This is a high school district. Then you get down south a little bit in southern Illinois. They're all one. Digit. It's enough to make you crazy. Nobody knows who yes. they're working for over there. That's much. right. That's it's right. Much. They, they went um, other way to make it crazy. How you doing? How's summer so far? Such as it, it is. It is busy. It is busy because you know, as as uh, administrators, uh, summer is probably one of our busiest times to prepare for the new year. Uh, but you know, it's always exciting. It's always great. I'm actually working with summer school uh, teachers this week, as we have about 400 of our students in summer school, doing lots oh. of things from STEM all the way to you know summer support. So, really, uh, really busy, but a very productive time of year. Um, and uh, even though it's a little hazy in Chicago, because you know Canada's wildfires are now impacting. Our, our, uh, our air a little bit. We're doing our best that we can do. Um, we but had that, we had that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we, where yeah, I live I in remember. Maine, 
Yeah, we had, but Maine didn't get those fires. For some reason, there was a high-pressure system that blocked those fires. They went Vermont down to Pennsylvania, New York, and over to Jersey and out to sea. It was the weirdest thing. We just got lucky. You know, yeah, so we're having way a to go Maine. day here today. Yeah, yeah. what well, can I tell you? Come visit. You know, and there's yeah, exactly. hills. That's something exactly. you probably don't know about. There are hills. There were there are actual places in the world where the earth rises up and goes back down again. That is called a hill. Okay, just so you <laughs> know that. No, I'll have to visit someday. <laughs> yeah, you have to see what they're like one of these days. Okay, that's the right. flat earth of, of beautiful uh, Illinois where I live for me. <laughs> For many, many many years. years. (laughs) What can I tell you? All right. Um, Mike, I want to talk today about social studies. All right. For a little while, I want to really concentrate on that because this AI thing, okay, which is what we're going to concentrate on, the AI is so important right now. And I, we had this conversation a few weeks ago. People can look up that show. But I'll tell you, I, I, I honestly, Biv, I'm thinking about all the challenges the teachers and how if I may, fed up a lot of teachers are with the politicization of, if I said that right, of schools. You can see what's going on like in Florida where they're, we talk to teachers in Florida. They feel like they're under tremendous pressure, okay, and that's the same everywhere. And I, I think we have to – I think we can start to – if we have to, I want you to talk about this. And I don't want this to happen, but I think we have to learn how to use AI as kind of a white knight to help teachers – Okay, and because I was an ex-social studies teacher, you're a social studies coordinator, I'd love to talk about how social studies fits into this, because to me, okay, we have, we have lost our way in social studies, and we need to get it back. We talk about NAEP scores Absolutely. and that and all that sort of uh-huh. thing. Talk, just talk about yes. it. For, let it go where, you're, where, where the mind, ladies and gentlemen, the mind of <laughs> Michael Monger. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. here it is. All right. Well, yeah, it is. It is. Um, I do think that um, there is some connections in how AI tools can assist with this. We'll talk more about that later. But you're right. The politicization of uh, of schools curriculum, which even 15 and 20 years ago were not there. Yes, we already had culture wars in the 90s, and we're aware sure. of all the you know those those kinds of things that are happening. But the extreme, what I'll call censorship, um, that's happening by local and state. You know, governments throughout the uh, throughout the country is alarming, and that's because right. we, as social studies right. teachers and as history people, we understand that history is a multifaceted, you know, set of really important events that are written by sometimes the victor, but it's really important to also talk about yeah. the various other perspectives that played into that and how um, many times the victors kind of clean or whitewash what really occurred during the actual historical events. And as you know, the NAEP scores and APE scores were just, they made me panic. Um, I'm having heart attacks here. My wife is also a social studies teacher. Um, my so daughter she panicked is, too. Uh, it was a house of panic. Yeah. You there? Boom, 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 boom. Where'd you go? Micah, you're going. I'm still connected on this end. Micah, come back to me, Micah. I'm here. I'm there here. you are. Where I, I lost you for a minute. You were just saying you're white. Did you hear me at all? Yeah, I heard you fine. I heard you fine. Yeah, you yeah, disappeared. I wasn't you said aware. your wife and you, your wife and you and your daughter, and that's where I couldn't hear you anymore. Yeah, so my wife and I have four kids, but my oldest daughter, um, she's very involved in Mikva Challenge, which is a civics organization in Chicago where it founded. And uh, we, we were a little worried about the way civics and history in our yeah. country. Um, me too. And that's what's 
scary. Um, and that's why I kind of want to have a conversation. And I think the reason why we're at a low point, um, and I feel really like I would say blessed to be in a, in a, in a place where I'm not, not worried about politics when I teach and help my teachers teach history. Great. So I'm thankful for that. Right. You know, but I know that there are a lot of other places throughout the United States that are feeling the pressure of, if they say the wrong thing, that there are consequences. Right. Um, And so the question um, that people are asking at these conferences, I just was at the, uh, the Jedi conference for national council for social studies last week, where I did a little presentation as well. And Jedi stands for, um, you know, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And just uh, uh, there's about 180 um, educators, you know, professors and things that were there um, sharing their perspectives. And we're all worried about this reality, right? Um, And so how are we going to be able to teach honest history? I think it's it's a big question. Um, I don't know. And, Larry, I don't know. And I'll I'll tell you something else. Last week I interviewed the ex-principal of uh, the, the high school in Heartland, Wisconsin, which is right outside of Milwaukee, you may know it. Right. Okay, and it's mm-hmm. called Arrowhead yeah. High School. And it, this guy was great, George Rosorek. Okay, he was terrific. He works a lot with, and he's the former president of NASSP. And of all the crazy things, on Sunday here in in the Boston area, the Boston Globe, there was a big headline about how political a, a, a Midwestern school board is, and that the school district they picked was, the school high school they picked was Arrowhead High School in Heartland, Wisconsin. I, I, my eyeballs almost bulged out of my head. They're reporting this in, the, in, in Boston, and how it became, how it's becoming so political, especially with the, 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 the gay rights and, you know, the, the, the indoctrination word, which is absurd, Okay. And all this sort of stuff, and it's you know this is a, this is a nice suburb of uh, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right up just north of you. It's sitting on top of your head. Yeah, uh, yeah. great town. And, yeah, I mean it's a great city area. Yeah, and yeah. it's not really controversial in a lot of ways. There didn't used to be, you know. No, exactly. Question. But people are starting to politicize the school boards, and they're not leaving it, okay, to the professionals. Okay, who know kids and understand kids, and I, I, they have a right to speak out. These people, I don't mean to say they don't. Okay, and we have, we have, we have the responsibility to listen. Okay, right. and nobody would deny that. Okay, uh, but the way this is happening, it, it would be like somebody who doesn't understand medicine. Okay, uh, taking over a hospital that usually doesn't work. Yes. Good. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's not healthy for your patient, even if yeah, a person doesn't really believe in blood transfusion. Right. It's making the kids um, crazy. So all that, I'll tell you another story. Okay, the other story I heard this from a teacher uh, in uh, Florida, the Panhandle of Florida. She was talking about her social studies, your job, her social studies coordinator for the district. Okay, and how they were yeah. picking a new social studies textbook. And she said the political pressure and the hatred and what's going on in the district, and again, this is Florida, which is very politicized right now, okay, is, 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 is this teacher may not even last through the summer. She may leave. And I okay. think that that's yeah. a big so we gotta reality. We've got to think this through. Yeah, we've got to think this through. We do. And we lo- yeah. we're losing a lot of talented people. Um, yeah. The teaching profession is already having a problem with teacher retention. It's also having a problem with recruitment. And these realities yeah. of forcing a uh, local force 
and enforcement and control of views that are not balanced in a democracy um, is where I think is our biggest danger. Because yep. there was used yep. to be, you know, this idea of we can learn how to be disagreeing without disagreeable, right? We can be, we can disagree without being disagreeable. It was, I remember a pretty big precept when I was, you know, growing up in the '90s and as I went to college and stuff. You can disagree without being disagreeable, and I think we've lost that element in our national and I would say international discourse. And Larry, we, we, we have about you know, it. I, I, you know, I'll just say this. I know a lot of people listening don't remember this guy, but Senator Jesse Helms of North Carolina was considered the most right-wing senator when he was in the Senate, okay? And the person who spoke at his funeral when he died was the most liberal senator, Edward Kennedy. They were best friends. Yep. They were dear friends. They disagreed on everything. But they agreed on discourse, and they respected each other, and we were losing that. We're losing that, That's and this right. is affecting social studies teaching and social studies scores. Okay? Right. It, it's just it, it, terrible. It's horrible, and we have to figure out ways to counterbalance. So way back in know. 2006, there was this little code called the code that was heard around the world that Facebook created that made – and I'm going to bring it back to social studies in a second. I know you – Okay, a little tech, but yeah, history, we got but the 2000, Yeah, we got it. But 2006, it was when you could actually read what your friends were doing on the wall in Facebook <laughs> when Facebook was getting big. And all of a sudden, yeah. you had this personalization algorithm that was created that provided you with being able to just see what your – you know, people who are in your circles were doing and posting. Yeah. And that – slowly evolved into this very hyper-personalized uh, news experience that people face and this very hyper-personalized news feeds that you find on your mobile phones or on your mm -hmm. computers. And it's also led to what I think is a loss of, like you said, discourse when it comes to our national networks of, of being able to have, you know, we're, we're worried about headlines, we're worried about clickbaits, and we're not worried or we're not focused on honest history, honest reporting. And we're not worried about balanced reporting. And all of these things are symptoms of, in my opinion, uh, the greater challenge of we've lost the heart of civics education in America. We've lost the ability <laughs> to have a historical conversation about the realities that history took place. And no one is saying that people with different ethnic and religious backgrounds don't have the right to their opinions because we are in America and that's one of our – aspiring principles, even though we've never lived up to it all the way, what aspiring principles yeah. of our democracy is that it's okay, it's okay to have different points of view. But we're at a point now where we're strangling all other points of views but the ones that we created. And it's partially connected Not to good. that whole hyper-personalization, technology-driven focus of how we only hear what we want to hear online. We surround ourselves with people in our families and communities and, and networks that only think like we think. And we don't take that extra time to build up that diverse voice. Like you said, your, your story of the most conservative senator and the most liberal senator still being yeah. friends. It yeah. is a societal issue, and it has to do with how we teach, I think, a lot of how we, do, we teach civics and history and how we need to rebuild that respect for one another. And being able to still affirm the different viewpoints, but still having an honest conversation about primary and secondary sources. Like, we cannot say that the Civil War was about states' rights. It was never about states' rights. It's very explicit in primary source material that, yeah, that might have been a background conversation, but it was about slavery. But that was whitewashed in the 1870s with uh, uh, Daughters of the Confederation and all of these other, like, people who tried to cover up the source of the problem. 
And then we do it again every single era where we have this like editing, this I will call, I don't want to use whitewashing because I don't want it to be racially charged, uh, but I just, we have to really think about this. And so those poor teachers in Florida, I know Maya, you know, the editor at ACE is, is, is also involved yeah. in this fight. Your, your organization <laughs> is very active and involved in, in these, these reality changes. And we're not we asking are. people to change their, or their religious minds. But we are making, I think we have to make a concerted effort as a nation, as a country, and even as individuals, and have our um, influence exerted in our networks and communities that it is important to reach out to have people who are different opinions than yourself and still validate that experience and that reality Absolutely. without cutting them down in their humanity and calling them, you know, patriots because they just don't want to stand up for the national anthem because they're trying to make a point about a specific, you know, challenge that they want to raise as part of a pluralistic democracy. We, we, we need to have it, Larry. And, I mean, we, we really got it. Need See, to we got it all that. fixed. It was that simple. Yeah. Okay? We got, it all, right. we got it all fixed. There's not, a, there's not a problem. By the way, I must disagree with you, social studies teacher. Uh, the Civil War was about states' rights. It was states' rights to, to have slaves. Okay? okay. It was states' rights to have yes. slaves. Okay? okay? When, again, it, was, it, was just, it was just crazy. And I also argue, I love this argument, that it wasn't actually a civil war because they were not looking to replace the government in Washington. They wanted to break away and have their own government. And a civil war implies you want to replace the government. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's you know, uh, uh, semantics. Okay, Larry. Social yes. studies teacher semantics. You, yeah, you have, I'm I'll sorry. I'll debate that point. I hear you. Thank you. I hear you. Yeah, That's I good that. Nobody talked about this with me except you, so I I just thought I'd throw that out there to sound somewhat That's that's another way to say it. Yeah, all right. So all this said, all right, how do we – yeah, I was thinking about this today in our conversation. We need a new type of profession. We need to call it educational engineering, okay? And do you like that? Okay, please start yes, the major. Nice, right? nice it. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And my point yeah. is, technology, okay, is 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 education these days. And the point being, we don't use chalk. Okay, there's no chalk and blackboards pretty much anymore. It's all technology. Right. All right, and now we've got AI coming down the pike. Okay, and AI is going to change things, and it may help us with our teacher a teacher retention, and also be. I don't mean this to sound as strong as it is. Take the place of some of the work that teachers do. Okay, right. And somebody mm-hmm. has to engineer that stuff. Okay, somebody with an engineer's mind and a teacher's mind, and put it together. All right. Yes. We don't have that major, and I really believe that. You know, at schools of education are—they don't have that major either, and they should, because AI is yes. coming down the pike. We're going to use it. Okay, the kids are all involved in social media and technology. Every kid sits there with their damn uh, laptop, or uh, you know, uh, I can't think the uh, their the device, uh, yeah, like an iPad yeah, yeah. or whatever. Thank yeah. you, mm-hmm. iPad. I just go there. You know, tablet. I couldn't mm-hmm. think of it. Thank you. Okay, T- thank you. That's another word. Tablet. I'm losing my marbles here. Okay, I just couldn't think of it. But my point is, every kid sits there all day, even when they're in a restaurant. So educators and education have to take advantage of that instead of fighting it. You have to take advantage yeah. of it. You know, do. and and the AI. Okay, that, that everybody's so scared of, and I put up here in our little note as people listen to the show, there's nothing to fear from it if we use it right. 
Okay. Yep. So, all right. Now that I've said that, I know nothing about the rest of it. I'm a great idea guy without so, uh, having to do anything. Let's if kind it, of if flesh we're that up to out. Me, we wouldn't even be in the Bronze Age. We'd be barely in the Duct Tape Age if I, if I were <laughs> responsible. But I'm great at big ideas. Okay. Right. You know. Yes, you are, Larry. And that's a really good yes. point. And there are yes. a lot of really good companies that I work with. And there's actually, I'll give you a couple examples of AI. Well, a few examples of how I'm trying to look to as a, as an educational administrator, as a person who's educational engineer. Educational engineer. Educational engineer. There you go. We can use that term. Uh, educational engineer. It, somebody it, who's kind of familiar it. with with the social studies and the technology world and education world in general and how it can there be combined. And there's a few things that we can do really well that I think AI tools has. And by the way, uh, my upcoming book and my blog do talk about things like the imp- impact of assessment with AI writing tools yeah. and how we become, talk about it. you know, we'll talk, talk more about, about that it. at a different time if you ever want to talk about it um, in more I detail. Do. But the reality is there's some really good and important things that we can do. One thing, like you said, is it's not going away. But what we do need no. to acknowledge is that AI tools definitely have their own biases. Some, would, some make it uh, a challenge to do so. So there's a company that I just met with, um, actually um, a guy who I had met on LinkedIn that we had talked about a few different things on how he's incorporating AI tools into lesson planning and management that can be connected to like our curriculum maps. TechnoRise is the wow. name of the, the company. Um, Imran Hussein is one of the founders, and he's just starting this. this um, he's had this tool for a while, but he has this, this thing where he helps connect the AI tool to, um, um, the, it would be, in this case, it would be the ChatGPT 3.5 Turbo to um, lesson planning. And I've done a lot of AI well, prep for my district. And what's stuff. the, name, and of so that, what's the doing, name of the company? What's the name of the company? So it's called TechnoRise, and it's like he's got a couple of different companies going, but he's somebody who's a, he, he said, I was a caring adult who used to volunteer for my kids' schools happens to be from New York. And, um, and he's like, and I found out that there was this disconnect with, you know, technology and coaching and, um, and how to connect it to instruction. So he's tried to fill the void with one of his, one of his things. And it's a small, it's just a, a, a small foray into AI, but it's a secondary part of his thing of having an educational inventory that can be used for teachers, connecting them with right. uh, instructional technology coaches. And then he just added this thing that you can as a district, and I'm going to explore it, and it's not expensive either. It's, um, so my teachers would have access to this tool that would help them with some you know, survey. But more importantly, it helps you with connecting um, content ideas to instructional strategies and content we already have wow. on curriculum maps within our district. So that's a really how good example of how to use AI yeah, What tools. does it do? What does it do? How does so it do that? basically, it connects to well, technical terms and um, yeah, it nice. connects to an API, and we connect um, some of the surveys and things we have control over. And the TechnoRise just gives teachers lesson ideas using ChatGPT as a way to help incorporate um, differentiation, rubric building, instructional strategies into our already connected curriculum maps. So our teachers already have their curriculum maps. I set some things up on the back end with them, and it just helps with ideas about specific things like this is third grade, this is a dual language classroom, and this is, this is the instructional strategy that we want to focus on. And here are, what are some ideas for me to differentiate for groups in tiers one, two, and three? And he uses just that API to connect to an AI tool that can help brainstorm for teachers. So it's just a brainstorming tool to help them be more targeted in their instructional planning, right? Which by, is, the way, by the way, by the way, you just gave him his name. The name is no longer TechnoRise. The name should be Brainstorm. Okay, there you go. I like that. It's yeah, a great see, name. And, and it's a great name. It is a great name. And it really talks about how I think that like, one element of AI can be used is to help teachers brainstorm ideas from a teacher-centered point of view, not overtake the curriculum. We'll talk about that later. But be able to well, help brainstorm I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. You're going to love this. Okay? AI 
is to teach should be to teaching okay what an autopilot is to an airline pilot okay yeah airline pilots we're gonna get are into well that trained mm-hmm. yeah but they but they let that autopilot fly the plane and just about land it okay it takes it off and it flies it and it lands it and they're just there just in case Okay, and I've been—I've actually been in the cockpit of a 747 with a buddy of mine who was a pilot before there was 2000, before 2001, when they allowed that kind of stuff. Okay, right. and I flew to England in the <laughs> cockpit. If you can believe this, it was the greatest flight of my life. My buddy just sure happened was. to be the pilot of the flight, and we just talked the whole time. And all he did was report in every time we crossed the line of longitude, saying we're here. Okay, good. That's all. Okay, we're here. Okay, good. That's all. All right, that's simple. Okay, they're, right. they're, you know they, these guys are so well trained, and God forbid they, you know, they really have to do something. They can do it. Okay, you have ultimate faith, but they have ultimate faith in what I will call AI for pilots, the autopilot, and we have right. to get into that's, that same mode with with yes. education and AI. There you go. Right, and it has to be a vetted tool too, because you know we, we oh, want to yeah. talk about this. Yeah. But, don't don't um, buy but one from me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't but I, I yeah. not yet. Maybe maybe in yeah, the future yeah, you can no. be an educational engineer too. Uh, yeah. But I think <laughs> it's important from that perspective to realize that um, when you as a teacher invest in the relationships that you have, and as a social studies teacher, a little be specific. Like if I really know the kids that I have, maybe I have an autistic kid who's really in love with a certain yeah. you know because they have a tendency to like fo- focus on a, a few things yeah. a lot, and so maybe they're really interested in something about culture or whatever their little thing is, you can use AI tools to help target that instruction because you know your kids, you know where they like, you know their engagement, and you can put in academic and content vocabulary in a reading that has to do with a topic that a kid is interested in, okay, that can help connect to your social studies yeah. or your history components of, of, of how you're teaching it. It's a great way to use AI. You know, it's, it's, it's a way to help teach kids academic and content vocabulary specifically in a, like a unique context because it does a really good job of content generation, but it still teaches the kids the academic and historical concepts that you're trying to do as long as they know that, of course, these are just these are ways to do it. I did this for a lesson plan about uh, West African trading kingdoms. Kingdoms is one of the examples Ooh. for my middle school educators. And I was like, okay, let's pretend that we have a class of 23. Let's pretend that we have tier one, tier two, and tier three students. And let's use, uh, and I have this whole lesson plan that I created, which, we, you know, like I said, if you want more information, you can reach out. But it, it, the idea is that I took and I differentiated three different stories about three different civilizations in one to three paragraphs that were at the grade level of a third, fifth, and sixth grade reading level. And it helped, in, and, and it created academic and content vocabulary highlights. I used AI-generated art tools to create some visual examples. And then I um, used it as, this is a way to do it. I can do this in 30 minutes, what would normally take three to four hours to, to prep, all right? So you now I have the opportunity. My, you just took my next question. How long did it take to do it? You, do, you were able to do that in 30 minutes, really? About 30 minutes, and it saves lots of prep wow. time, but it provides me with really catered instruction because I know my kids, right, in that theoretical class that I was creating. I walk the halls of my buildings all the time. I go in and give feedback to teachers all the time. I'm involved in teacher evaluations and everything at my level. So we do all these things to help teachers realize that, like, AI is a great tool to help differentiate. It's a great tool to help some personalization and to cater things towards kids' groups. It created a rubric for me, sentence frames for tier one, tier two, tier three, small group rotations. Does all these things for you because I'm a good educator and I already know what good education is. And I'm using AI as a tool to help save time, right? 
help save efficiency so that I can invest more time in relationship building and I can help automate some of the things that teachers would normally do. I can help save some of my planning time because I know what I want to get in the end. And then I can invest in more um, in other things that make me a better teacher, professional development, training, connecting with my kids, figuring out what they want, um, giving feedback, better, more personalized feedback and instruction, which is really big right? We always talk about we're a standards-based grading district, and we always talk about the importance of it, but you have to realize that kids need that constant feedback on if it's a good idea, you know, what they're struggling with, how they're doing that. And so instead of, we can automate a lot of something, a lot of things, or save time on a lot of things on the teacher's end, so that they can invest more in primary, really strong, targeted feedback in positive ways, build positive relationships. That's how AI is a great complement to social studies, right? And civic, yes, Go ahead. Yes. No, you go. Continue. Civics. Oh, and just and, and that's where that's like that's where you have that co-pilot idea, that autopilot idea that you brought up. That's how it can help run, and that's how we can get to the core problem of civics and civics instruction and how we can really focus on that. And that's that's a separate planning issue. But like my, I'll use my wife again. She doesn't mind. <laughs> I have her. Uh, but um, she she uses it for like SAT vocabulary words she helps create original readings for those kids to read them and well you know she uses it to help prepare her kids for debate she uses it as like resume building for kids when they were doing a careers unit she uses it for those kinds of things but the important thing is we have to have conversations we have to create a culture a classroom especially even if you don't teach civics i'm going to use that term um, you should still be able to teach things like we should be debating, we should do Socratic seminars, we should be able to share perspectives and, and make sure that we're doing critical thinking. All those things need to be done um, to help us build our resilience as society, to have a conversation with people who don't have my opinion and still be able to sustain it through. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that's, you know, the, the co-pilot, autopilot AI tools are there for helping us do that. Social studies instruction specifically is really important for us to, um, to focus on that building that communication and debate. And then it has to do with assessment. Like, how are we assessing? Like, since AI can write a five-paragraph essay in a few seconds, and since it's original content generation and turn it in and those things are trying to keep up with that and want to make sure that they're doing, um, being able to, you know, measure if the kids wrote it or not, how do we rethink assessment? How do we rethink that when it comes to social studies instruction, and the reality is we have to think more incrementally when we do assessments. If we're doing a writing unit on anything, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, let's, let's go into a little bit more. I know so, you got a book coming out on this, but I, we'll talk about that when the book comes out. But, but yeah, just go, go yeah we'll it. not going to talk about the details. <laughs> right. Um, but um, it's really important because since I already know that kids can create Don't a five-paragraph essay. Don't give away the I ending. Won't, I will. Um, I, what's really important is for me to um, not hide away from AI, but help AI as a way to help our kids come up with ideas for writing. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't yeah, hide from it. I know Say, exactly okay. what you're saying. Exactly. Let's debate the, the this AI tool that can talk about, like, what are the different perspectives of uh, – uh, we'll talk about civil rights movement. Um, I did a – a uh, quick, you know, check with one of my engineering prompts early in February, and I was like, so pretend, and I was, this is a chat GPT at the time, and I said, pretend that um, there is a, uh, there is a media, uh, you know, uh, interview with both Malcolm X and Martin Luther King in the same room. What would the two, two different perspectives say about, uh, you know, civil rights and the importance of, um, af- you know, African-American 
being able to become full members of society, right? And, and all those things. And it creates this whole like example of like, it's like a play or like a plot of here's what Malcolm X would say and here's Martin Luther King would say and mm. here's how their answers are different and here are some questions that reporters could do if that was a real situation that they could ask to see those different perspectives. For example, you know, there's just so many ways that we can incorporate AI tools for perspective taking. And so we can use that at the front end of our research for writing, right? We can get a lot yes. of ideas on, you know, if, if I'm a debater and I'm in high school and I do debates, I can come up with my own arguments and I can use a tool to help challenge my arguments, and then I can come up with a better synthesis, you know. And, and I think that is where, when I say incremental feedback, I mean, we create um, assessments that are, that are incremental, that are formative, that are in process, and we provide feedback and iterative feedback on each round of that process. And now kids are thinking, not that these AI tools are magic and they're going to do my work for me, but I'm accountable to every step of, like, first my research, and then I have a conversation, and then I might yeah. have a Socratic seminar or, like, a, you know, a speech, or I might have a small group um, debate where I take my perspective and then I give feedback on that as a teacher. And then they move on to another round of this time we're going to create, um, we're going to create a fake, you know, interview or a podcast of, you know, this in the scenario. And then we give feedback on that and we provide them multiple ways to do writing about the same topic. And then our kids are using AI tools as a way to get smarter, not as a way to get our job done by this That's midnight right. deadline for this paragraph of this essay that I need to submit. And we're getting kids to think. We're getting kids to talk. We're getting things, kids to have conversations. And we as the teachers are facilitating you know, differences of opinion, teaching them how to be respectful in the differences of opinion. And then we start building the civics capacity, you know, of being able to, to go through all those things. Yeah, you're exactly right. And the other word that you left out, the kids are engaged. This is a technological generation. Okay, they they like this stuff. They feed on this stuff, and there's nothing wrong with this stuff. Okay, and as new things come out, like AI, the kids want to be part of it. And if we make them, if if they can understand, you know, I want to hear uh, create for me a dialogue between a right wing person and a left wing person. Okay, about how the school should be run. That's a great question. Okay, and they can go from there. That it, it's. It's going to be. It's, it's going to open whole new doors for everybody. We're going to continue this conversation, my friend. Okay, I'm going to get in touch with you today. We're going to do a show in late August. Will that work? Yeah, that'll be fine. Because I'd love to break out assessment a little bit further, and Let's I'll have it. more prescriptive. Yeah, so that sounds good, Larry. I know I talk a lot, so thank you for indulging no, me. No, I, I um, love listening to you, Mike. You're great. You're a terrific <laughs> guest. Okay, all right. It's terrific. And thank you, and be nice to your, Be nice to Mrs. Minor. <laughs> Okay, who was I so will. useful. Yes, she is. What's her name? <laughs> she was very useful. What's her name? <laughs> Rachel. What's her name? Rachel Miner. Rachel. 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 We yes. love you, Rachel. I just want you to know that. We all love you, Rachel. <laughs> for putting up with us. Right. Okay? And yeah, that's stuff, true. Man. Okay, have a good right, summer. Thanks, You'll hear from me later you today. Too. Be good, buddy. Sounds okay, good. Thank, thank you, Larry. Yep. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Okay? And this is the show, everybody, that we're going to archive over at ace-ed.org. Check it out under the uh, podcast category over there. I'm Larry Jacobs. Mike Miner is great. I got everything linked here. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>